Dr. Greg Davis is a forensic pathologist and professor emeritus at the University of Kentucky who volunteers his time covering important medical news for our community. This program is available as a podcast at wuky.org. I'm Karen Czar, and this week we are flipping the script, and I have an opportunity to interview our very own Dr. Greg Davis. Dr. Greg, thank you so much for being here and for agreeing to sit on the other side of the mic. Hi, Karen. It's so great to be here with you. Dr. Greg, you have been a staple here at WUKY for years and a staple at the University of Kentucky for decades. You did retire recently from UK, but talk about the journey and what the impact of your time here has meant to the University of Kentucky. Well, you know, Karen, I guess if I can be so bold, I would probably reframe the question just a little bit and say what UK has meant to me. Whatever I have been able to give to the university, I've received back in spades. It's been absolutely an amazing journey. I was an undergrad here back in the late 70s to 1980 and wanted to stay, but I was an out-of-state student at the time and had to return to my original home state of Tennessee to go to medical school. But Got back to UK as soon as I could in 1996 and was a faculty member from July 1, 96 to, uh, gosh, January 2nd, 2024. And um, it's just been a, a wonderful journey. And I guess the number one overarching conversational objective I would have with you is the best thing about UK and my career there is the people. Having that opportunity to work alongside wonderful, compassionate healthcare professionals and to get to meet wonderful folks such as you and have this opportunity to to work with public radio and WKY. If I had to do it all over again, I'd do it all over again. We are so lucky to have you. And I want to make sure our listeners know just because you are partially retiring, you're still going to be here with us at WUKY and you're still working. You are a pathologist and you're still going to be going around the country to help with cases, correct? You have one coming up. Yes. So um, I'm still going to be doing consulting in forensic pathology and toxicology and um, still traveling throughout the Commonwealth and get to go to uh, the state of Montana for the first time in my life at the end of January. I'm a little intimidated from a, a weather perspective about that, but uh, I'll get to have a new adventure there as well and work with some folks in the eastern part of that state. How have things changed in particular with forensic pathology during your tenure at UK? Started in 2005, I was associate chief medical examiner for the state. And all of us forensic pathologists out in Frankfurt at that time were University of Kentucky faculty members. And my department chair, Dr. Bachner, asked me to come back to campus and start a forensic consultation service because there are so few forensic specialists in the country. There's only about 500 full-time forensic pathologists in the U.S. and Canada. And we get calls all the time from criminal attorneys, both prosecution and defense, and civil attorneys, both plaintiff and defense, asking for forensic help in looking at cases. And so I started this new division in the department, the Division of Forensic Consultation Services, because of all those phone calls that were coming in. And I think the first six months or so, I maybe had about 18 cases. And then after a couple of years, it 
leveled off at around 250 cases a year. Some of them relatively technically simple, maybe two or three hours of work, and some of them maybe 40 or 50 hours of work. But once word got out that there was this person at UK who was willing to to look at cases, the calls started coming in. And uh, I can say with 100% certainty, I have never been bored. You have been on so many programs nationally helping solve cases. That has to feel pretty good when you go to bed at night knowing that you've made a difference to someone who, you know, is looking for closure. Well, yes. And I mean, just to be able to give answers so that a loved one can perhaps metabolize a loss is a way we we frame it. You know, you don't ever, quote, get over, end quote, uh, the loss of a loved one. But sometimes getting information can help you make that loss a part of who you are and help in moving forward from that loss. I guess the other facet of that coin is the second worst nightmare of a forensic pathologist involved in a criminal case is that we screw up and a a bad guy walks. But our number one nightmare is that we screw up and an innocent person is harmed. And probably some of the most gratifying cases throughout my career have been assisting the court and attorneys in showing from a forensic standpoint that um, if if not innocent, then a person in that process was not guilty. And th- those are two different concepts. I mean, I as a forensic pathologist may not know if a person is innocent or not, but I can certainly look at the forensic evidence that was presented and say whether I think it was scientifically and medically Um, valid or if it was a bunch of baloney or or something in between. Now, Dr. Greg, you initially, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you first went to college, you were considering being an English teacher and you fell in love with medicine through a part-time job. Where did the passion not only for medicine come from, but then to go in the direction of forensic pathology? I came to UK as an English major. I wanted to be an English teacher either in my original home of East Tennessee or in central Kentucky. And along the way, got interested in science from taking some required uh, basic science courses. And those opened my mind a little bit. And then the fateful good decision to get a part-time job as what was then called a nursing assistant. Now I think it's called a nursing tech in the emergency department at UK. And the nursing staff, resident physicians, medical students, attending physicians were all so kind and supportive. And one day at about three in the morning, I was bringing coffee back to some doctors and nurses. And they said, sit down, we need to talk to you. And I thought, of course, I'm in trouble. I did something wrong. And they said, no, we we want you to apply to med school. We think you have a real knack for this. And it just opened a whole new universe for me because I had not really thought that uh, I wanted to be a physician and they inspired me to to take that that different path and I did so with the realization that you know the word doctor means teacher I could be I could still be a teacher and part of the Hippocratic Oath is you you um, swear to support and educate the generations coming up behind you so I, I got to be a teacher which is what I originally wanted to be, just in some different subjects. But I, uh, I slyly, throughout my career, always tried to weave in 
medical and non-medical literature in, into my teaching because I think uh, the humanities uh, are a critical part of healthcare and, and science and they aren't the opposite in any way. They, comp- they each complement one another. What advice do you have for anyone listening who is considering a career in medicine? Be dedicated to a life of service. Always be curious. What is it that uh, Ted Lasso said? Uh, be curious, not judgmental. I think that's fundamental to, to being a, a healthcare professional in any capacity. Maintain a sense of wonder and realize that, at least for me, and I, the happiest healthcare professionals I see, and any professional for that matter, I'm sure this is true in your world of being a journalist, is realize that it's the people around you, whether it's your patients, your coworkers, those are the ones that are going to ultimately give you joy and and keep you from being burned out throughout a long career. I, I've been fortunate to, gosh, I've been practicing medicine for 37 years. I love it. I, I wouldn't want to do anything else. And it's because of the people. Will you still be offering some of your consultation services to UK? Oh, if they ask me, uh, I'll be there in a heartbeat. I had someone call me uh, gosh, yesterday or the day before and say, look, I I know you're retired from UK, but I got this question. Can you help me with it? And I said, of course, absolutely. And what I've told everybody is I literally live a 40 minute walk from the medical center. Um, When the pandemic started, I started walking to work instead of driving. And with joy, I will walk in and assist in any way I can whenever I'm asked. Um, You know, my Colleagues, friends, acquaintances are invaluable to me, and I fully plan on maintaining and nurturing those relationships, uh, even though, you know, I'm officially retired from UK. We've been replaying some of your previously recorded interviews so that you could take a much-needed break, but what can WUKY listeners expect when you return? One of the great things WKY has afforded me through the good graces of of you and news director Alan Lytle and others is just to follow my nose wherever wherever it goes. Um, I get a whole lot of great ideas from UK Now and from people calling me and um, you or Alan suggesting um, different avenues that I can go down. And one thing I really enjoy doing is at one end of the spectrum – perhaps talking about some brand new technology that's that's cutting edge and being applied for the first time medically. And then at the other end of that spectrum, going back to the basics, you know, even pro baseball players take batting practice and, and pitch the ball back and forth. And I think going back to those fundamentals again and again about um, physical activity, about nutrition, that sort of thing. Having that mix of super technical on on one side, but also going back to the basics on the other and everything in between, that's what certainly what keeps it interesting for me and, and I hope is of interest to our listeners as well. Dr. Greg, we are so fortunate to have you on our team, and you were so kind to follow my case along when I had my bone marrow transplant. And I can't thank you enough for everything that you've done for me, for the station. And I'm so proud to call you a colleague and a friend. Well, Karen, that sentiment is reciprocated. You are a dear colleague, a dear friend, and the world uh, is sincerely a richer place 
for you being in it, and my life certainly is richer for you being in it. So thank you for not just what you do and how you do it, but for who you are. Well, we feel the same way about you, and listeners tell us all the time how much they love your program. So thank you for all you do, and we can't wait to have you back. Thank you so much, Karen. I can't wait either. I'll talk to you soon. Dr. Greg Davis is a forensic pathologist and professor emeritus at the University of Kentucky who volunteers his time covering important medical news for our community. This program is available as a podcast at wuky.org.